from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we get into the show, just want to thank all our subscribers from all around the world. Make sure to continue leaving us those five-star reviews. It's much appreciated. Thanks for everybody who follows us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night and on YouTube at Fight for Wednesday Night. Welcome back, Wednesday Night Warrior. We hope you're doing well. We understand these are some shitty times, so we hope you guys just stay strong and just understand that if I could quote Scott Hall, bad times never last, only bad guys. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but in all seriousness, we we really do hope you guys are doing well. And hey, as long as there's wrestling, we're going to still keep doing a podcast. So Definitely. we're here with you. Yes, sir. But on this week, it's only uh, one half of the show. Yeah. Because we only got one show. But nonetheless, hey, it's still... It was a really good show, so I'm glad that we were able to even get wrestling this week. It seems like every day something is being shut down and restricted, so it was yeah. really cool that AEW did have a show tonight. And never mind the, the type of show that they did have. Definitely. Now, before we get into the show, I just want to say that WWE and AEW are on a level playing field at the moment with everything that's going on. They're both forced to have empty arena shows. Yeah. Now, what... WWE is doing with their shows is having more of clip shows and having maybe like one or two matches, but it's more of a clip show, more of like story development shows, but that's it. Where AEW took this opportunity to really show that, hey, nothing's going to stop us. No matter what circumstance, no matter if it's in our hands, out of our hands, we're going to continue doing us. And we've seen that tonight in AEW. And I just want to say kudos to them because to be honest, there was parts of that show where I forgot that there was no one there because it was just a great show. You know what? It's so funny because I will even go out on a limb and say this show was better than last week's show. 
this is the best show of the year. No, you know, every time I'm like, yeah. oh, there's a show of the year, match of the year. No, this was a phenomenal show. It was better than last week's show. Yeah, I, I think they did a great job. Uh, well, first of all, I, I think Cody did a great job. Definitely. By starting out the show in the ring, sort of like lights out. And first and foremost, he addressed the situation. Uh, he was very sincere about it. But then he was able to sort of turn it back into story mode and, and kayfabe and, and still relate it like back to... Like a true professional, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think he did an absolute phenomenal job. Um, but I liked, I liked the fact that they acknowledged it. I, I definitely do too, without even saying what it is. Yeah. Like, the words never left his mouth. And he... He acknowledged it in a way where it was to continue to uplift people's spirits. Like, hey, everyone, like, this is not going to stop us. This just shouldn't stop you. We're all going to be positive. We're not going to let us live in fear. It wasn't like, guys, we understand what you guys are going through. Like, we're really sorry. We're going to try to give you some... Like, No, it was like a rally the troops. And that's something that Cody's great at doing. Yeah. Like, he knows how to rally the people. And just watching it at home, I got chills while I was seeing it. And then the way he turned it into a promo about the actual storyline going into Blood and Guts, it really was like magnificent because it was seamless. It, there really wasn't like an awkward moment where now he's going to transition. It just he just went right into it. Yeah, he, he was able to bridge the two and find, uh, I guess, common ground with what's mm-hmm. going on with the breaking of the elite and sort yeah. of the, uh, I guess you'd say the friction. Division, yeah, 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 amongst them. So. You know, again, that was that was brilliant. But I did love his his call to action of of standing up. Oh yeah. Because I think too many times in life, uh, I see people quickly want to feel sorry for themselves. It's so easy to say, "Oh, whoa, me, oh this and oh that." And under these circumstances, yeah, they fucking suck. I I know that firsthand. You know, it's affecting me just as much as it's affecting all of you. But this ain't the fucking bubonic plague. All right, motherfuckers ain't dropping dead left and right. We're still alive. We're still kicking. There's still so much to appreciate, so much to enjoy. And I feel like that's what Cody was trying to say. Yeah, I I agree. There's a lot of, you know, media outlets right now is really pumping out fear. Yeah, and that, that, that's their job right now. Yes, unfortunately, there's a whole lot of casualties to this. But at the end of the day, you can't live in fear. And that was the message that Cody had today is you got to keep on pushing. You got to love life and you got to just appreciate what we do have at the moment. Yep, exactly. And one thing I wanted to say was the whole setting, it was very dark. There was no like lights on the the entranceway. And when they ended this promo and they brought like the whole show to life, they put the lights on the the pyro. It was just like, all right, let's go. Like business as usual. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that was something that. I was trying to make known before, it was business as usual. And they still included the pyro, even though it's just for themselves. Yeah. I mean, and for the people watching at home. But, I mean, hey, WWE cut out pyro years ago, so they could have easily tried to cut costs. And to be honest, like, I don't know if this is reaching or not, or if anybody's going to really understand. And I'm sure people will understand. But for me personally, like, there's been a lot of, like, me, especially me at work, there's been a lot of things where it's just, like, not normal, you know, like... I'm working in Midtown Manhattan and there's nobody outside. It's very weird. Yeah, very, very like weird. I work in Rockefeller Center where like you could barely like move because of all the people and tourists and there's nobody there. 
And now, like, I'm working remotely, which is, like, weird and strange. So seeing this episode being something that is, like, business as usual, it gave me a sense of normal. Normalcy, yeah. Yeah, normalcy. And to be honest, that meant a lot to me because, like, I don't see that on Raw, SmackDown, or even tonight's NXT where it's like, all right, I could escape all this and I could watch wrestling. No, it's like reminders because it's like a darker, like empty arena, quiet, a little eerie feeling where we didn't get that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And just to sort of speak on that a little bit more. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to shame anybody or I don't want to come down on anybody for the reasons why NXT did not have a show. I mean, like I understand these men and women have families just as much as we do and everybody wants to be around them. Plus there's a ban on how many people could be in a certain venue at the same time or an area. Which I don't, which I'm kind of surprised that AEW was sort of allowed to get around. I was going to mention that they did have a certain number of people on each side. I believe the rule is you can't have an outing or a gathering of 10 or more people in a closed area. Oh, so that's So they were able, all right, you got like only a few there, only a few there. (laughs) You notice, I was counting throughout the night. I didn't see more than 10 people sitting in one area. Good point. Good point. I didn't even think about that. So they were able to actually get across without having to actually break the law. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because NXT... Is in Florida, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe a lot of their roster, rosterees, whatever, wrestlers, you would say, mm-hmm. probably live around there. And I believe all of them do. Probably all of them yeah. do, exactly. And the fact that they have their own place in the Performance Center, I'm kind of surprised that they did not have... Which they ran last week. It's not like, oh, but NXT in the Performance Center, and... Raw and SmackDown ran the Performance Center, so I thought it was only a given that NXT will run. I was really surprised. Or at least, uh, at least a handful of matches. Yeah, like, even Raw had, what, like, two? I believe so. So, like, SmackDown had a few. I was expecting maybe at least one. Yeah, I, but... I mean, I, I don't know. Just, to me, it, it, it really showed uh, AEW's true colors, and it really showed how much of a, of a fan product they are. Yes. I, I mean, I've been preaching this since the beginning, so has you. That this is really like the the company for the fans that they really do care, and that that's what that's what showed me tonight that they they don't just say it, but they they back it with their actions. Something I said in the past, I really really see this. AEW is the love letter to the wrestling fans. Mm. That's a good one. It's like you guys endured a lot of crap throughout the years. We're going to actually cater to you now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess one could say that. Yeah, but back to this particular show. Yeah, that opening promo just set the stage for the rest of the show perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah, and like I said before about this just not being just a regular show, we still got debuts on this show, yeah, which, oh, was, yeah. which was rather interesting because they mentioned the revealing of the Exalted One. Yes. Now, in the past, they've announced a debut i.e. Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. That week, there was no Lance Archer, but we did get Jake the Snake. Yeah. And I had a couple of riffs about that. So I wasn't sure coming into this week, especially under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. No crowd. I mean, this is like probably the worst time to do yeah, it, yeah, you know? Yeah. But they still did it nonetheless. So that that really showed me a lot. It showed me that they were true to their word, and they were still going to give you the best product. I was scared about that revealing not happening until it actually happened because Evil Uno and Stu Grayson come out, they're cutting a promo and 
twice Evil Uno says the Exalted One is near. Yes. And I'm yes. like, he he's not saying the Exalted One is here. He's saying he's near. near. I was like... Rhymes. Not the bit. same, Yeah, though. I was like, crap. <laughs> They're going to pull this crap again. He's not coming this weekend. Yeah. They're probably going to wait until they can get a crowd pop for it or something. I, I didn't understand that, though. That was really weird. Because... Maybe it was to throw... It was... I understood it because he didn't say here. He said near, which caused CD to say a... Like, stop with the crap and keep on saying the yeah, same thing point. for three months. Like, there's no one here. So, it led up to Christopher Daniels, like, cutting him off. So, I understand why he said that. We're going to call him CD now? Okay. Well, <laughs> a lot of wrestlers, like, when they refer to him, they call him CD. But, yeah, I, I just see how, like, that led into that. It was just scary because I knew from the past with, like, Lance Archer yeah, where they yeah. they say, hey, next week this guy's debuting and he doesn't debut. So, oh, next week the Exalt one's going to be revealed and no reveal. But I'm glad that they did today. So, we get Brody Lee as the exalted one. Yes. The guessing game is finally over. Yes. I know everybody's had their theories. I mean, I sort of predicted this one. I mean, I'm and hey, I'm not the only one. Many, many other people did as well. But I also thought that it might be someone out of left field. Somebody that we didn't even hear of or think of or whatnot. That obviously wasn't the case. But still, nonetheless, I absolutely love this move. Love this move. Yes. Now, as much as I love this move too, I totally agree. The Raven Mark in me is crying. (laughs) But no, in all honesty, I love this move because Brody Lee was always somebody in WWE that I always loved and respected. And I was following his career for a long time, even before WWE, when he was actually Brody Lee Mm. in CZW and in Chikara, I was watching him. And I was very excited to see him in WWE. And when he was in the Wyatt family, he always seemed like he was like second fiddle to Bray. Yeah. And then when he broke off, it didn't really seem like they did much with him. No. And then he has the uh, Bludgeon Brothers. I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah. then that went nowhere again. Then he comes back for a little bit. That goes nowhere again. It was always start-stop with him. And yeah. here's a guy with all the talent in the world. And who could cut a good promo? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he proved it tonight. Yeah, so I love that this role for him is going to put him in the forefront. He's no longer a soldier for a team. He's going to be the, the guy, guy who's leading. Yeah. He's the Bray, basically, of mm-hmm. this team. And I think that we're going to see in this story like how badly WWE fumbled with this guy. Because he's a guy with size, a guy with talent, a guy with a character, and who could cut a good promo. Now, immediately, I'm thinking... If I'm on the WWE roster and I'm seeing these situations where guys are jumping ship and the prominent roles that they're given, yeah, what was his uh, what was his partner in the project? I'm I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, the, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan. Thank you. Look with, at what what Eric Rowan is doing. What is uh, Toy Spider? And how embarrassing that that is. Yeah. They're playing him out. And now look at you get Brody Lee coming over here. And first off, you hear there's so much buzz prior to this. There's so much being led up to this. And he's the head of a top faction right now in wrestling. Yeah. So to me, that just speaks volumes. And yeah, and it's not like it's John Moxley coming over where you knew he was going to come in to be in the main event. It wasn't like yeah. John Moxley was coming in to be a mid-carter. I mean, it's not like, Chris Jericho look, coming look at, over. Look at Sean Spears. I always use yeah. him as an example. A guy that we thought had a lot of potential. And, you know, one might say, oh, well, he's going to AEW and... You know, it's a he's, small pond, so he's, he's going to be, be a star. Yeah. And look at that. That's not the case. Yeah. So it's not guaranteed. But yeah, I agree with that. But the point that I'm trying to make is that the mid-carters who are like floundering in WWE right now, they see someone who is at their level actually now yeah. elevated to top star because well, of just the jump. Well, that's exactly what, I'm, what I was yeah. trying to make before. Exactly. That's exactly the message that I was getting was, you know, 
you see his partner growing in what he's doing, yeah. pulling out, you know, fake toy tarantulas from a fucking case, which is just absolutely absurd. And then you see what he's got going for him. Yeah. You know, just taking that, that leap of faith, that risk. So kudos to him. And I think this was the right move. He obviously stands out. You know, he's a big figure. He's a big guy. He just looks like a leader. Yeah. And he has that dark persona, you know, which we obviously saw in WWE mm-hmm. with the Wyatt family. So, I mean, this was just a really perfect fit. And I'm just glad that we finally get to put the stamp and say this is official. Yeah, it's no more, like you said, it's no longer speculation. It's no longer a guessing game. And it just seems like every week it's like, oh, is it Brody Lee? I don't know. So it could be Matt Hardy. Oh, it could be this guy. It could be... They showed Raven, or what about this guy coming back from the past? You know what I mean? So I'm glad that we finally have our answer. So now we could go forth and how are they going to execute the story instead of who's the exalted one? Yeah. Now I'm just curious, are them moving forward? I wonder how they proceed. I think they're going to... Well, first you obviously have to feud with a SCU. Yeah. But I do think eventually it's going to lead back to the Elite and the Dark Order. Because if you remember, when the Dark Order really made their statement, they, they attacked, attacked the, elite. the Elite. Yeah. So, I think that's where they go forward with it. But I think the possibilities are endless at the moment. Well, I was thinking more of the, more of the line of, is Brody going to be more of a Solos guy? Is it going to be a faction? Are we going to see more three-on-three? Because obviously, uh, in AEW, we're seeing a lot of trios. Yeah. Um, even tonight's main event was three on three, so I'm kind of curious if he's going to be put in scenarios where it's going to be him and Eva Uno and Stu Grayson, or are we going to see more singles action from from Brody Lee? I don't know. To be honest, like either one with me would be fine. I I, I want to see it, more singles. So yeah, but I think personally, I could. Uh, I'm probably going to assume that on a week to week basis on D- Dynamite, we're probably going to see him in a trios match. Um, you know, three on three, and probably save his singles for pay per views. Maybe a more direct one on one matchup. Yeah. I mean, because they they do that a lot with Jericho. Uh, you know, people that are like leaders in yeah. their factions. I agree, and let me tell you why that would work. Just like Jericho does with Sammy Guevara. Not only would that make it special when he does have a singles match, but also elevates Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Because yeah. right now it's just like, all right, they're. Getting a lot of hype because of the mystery of who's the exalted one, but not necessarily for their in-ring action on themselves. Yeah. Where now you have a guy who has notoriety like Brody Lee who could raise their star power. Now, something that just came to my mind uh, that kind of backs up what you were saying. Because you mentioned that you think eventually it's going to lead to um, Dark Order versus the Elite. I was just reminded that Dark Order, if I'm not mistaken, they're number ones in the rankings for, for the tag team. I'm almost positive they're number one in the rankings. I don't see why they wouldn't be. They've been on a... They've been uh, on a streak, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not even sure if they even have a loss this year. So, I could be mistaken. They're either one or two. Last time I saw the ratings, they were definitely top two. So, that would sort of justify them going against uh, the Elite as soon as they finish up with the Inner Circle and, and so on and so forth. But I think that would be very interesting. I definitely like it. I definitely do too. And I am extremely excited to see where we go next with this. Now, something that you mentioned during the show was... <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. Perfect timing. We've we seen uh, in the crowd yep. Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer. And you were saying, like, they still have yet to have a promo really explaining, like, why Lance Archer's with him or just, or just introducing even, it yeah, right, as them. an idea. Yeah. Like, why are they together? And as soon as he said that, we came back from <laughs> yeah. break. And Skiavone <laughs> like <laughs> is interviewing Jake the Snake Roberts and he has Lance Archer with him. 
Now, Jake the Snake Roberts, like always, cuts a hell of a promo, but something that I truly loved about this time was he went back to the old school style way that he was cutting promos in the WWE back in the 80s, where he would really talk really low, whisper, because now I have to really listen to you. Mm. Now, something that he said back in the day was, everyone yells, Ultimate Warrior, oh, hey, brother, right? Everyone yells, but if I whisper, you're going to have to really pay attention to me to understand what I'm saying oh, and listen. It's kind of like Macho Man. Macho, oh, yeah, Macho Man. In between Macho Man both. Was, yeah, Macho Man sounded like a schizo. Like, he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. When, when I was watching a Macho Man promo, I would have to lower my volume and, and then, then higher, raise it all the way up the volume. Like, he would just totally fuck with me. Yeah. But, once again, like we saw from the debut of Jake, like, he definitely still has it when he's cutting a oh, promo. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, I also doubt. like how they... He kind of explained that Cody's ignoring him because it was a little weird how Cody gets interrupted by Jake and then he's just thrusted into the elite versus inner circle and we don't hear about Cody and Jake again. Yeah. But instead of it just being a side storyline, Jake the Snake actually mentions like, oh, you're ignoring me. Now I feel disrespected. Now we're going to get personal. So I'm really interested to see where the devious mind of Jake the Snake goes with him saying we're going to get personal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I thought that was uh that was interesting. He kind of confirmed that his his target is set on on Cody's back, uh, but I thought this was like like we said before. You know, I was kind of hoping to see this, and I'm glad we finally did. I mean, this is a perfect episode. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but something I was talking about with a friend, we were talking about when they did debut together, and I was trying to figure out like what's the significance behind that. Um, because I do like to give AEW creative credit uh every time i question them it seems like about a week or two uh i see the bigger picture yeah so when they first had archer and uh jake the snake come out in the crowd like i said it was very undramatic and Mm -hmm. i don't know it it just seemed very simple for something i thought that was a little bit more grand and so my friend mentioned that maybe they were gonna kind of circle cody and come out every time he has a match and sort of sit and wait until they find a moment where he's vulnerable and attack. Mm-hmm. Now, if you notice when they came out uh, last week, they sat down and at some point, I don't remember what point particular, because I would like to I would like to say if I was correct or not, but Archer tried to leap over the, the, the gate yeah. and Jake held him back. So I don't know if it was at that moment that Cody was in a vulnerable state. That's why I'm saying I don't know for sure. But I thought it was interesting coming into this episode because I'm like, wait a minute, there's not going to be a crowd. Yeah. So, I don't know for sure yet. I think it's going to be interesting if we see them show up more on Cody's matches because then it's almost going to be leading to anticipation. And they do such a good job with that. Like they've been doing with Hangman. It's like you see the writing on the wall. It's coming, it's coming, but it never comes. Exactly. So, with that aspect, I I don't know. I think this would be interesting um, if they go that route. You know, Jake being the snake, right? Just sits and watches and then waits for that moment to attack. I love that idea because, like you said, it's a very snake-like maneuver. Maneuver. Something that I really loved about this was after the promo, we got like, I guess, like a cinematic vignette. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For Lance Archer, and this gave me like so many different like vibes. It gave me like a Wyatt family vibe of just Jake in the like the chair watching Luke. Ah, Luke. Lance <laughs> Archer attack like everyone in this like carny ring with like. It's like backyard wrestling. Yeah, it's basically. like, like all right, so backyard woods wrestling. Jim Cornette likes to throw around the words "outlaw mud show" 
<laughs> right? And he says that for AEW and for other, like, indies. <clears throat> but, like, let's be honest, like, this was, like, an hour yeah, much show, yep. right? I love this, though. Like, it was a way of showing Lance Archer's moveset without actually having a match. So you ty- you see the type of moves that he's doing. And I don't know, like, everything about this was just so cool. The way that it was, like, in the backyards and you got... Like Jake Roberts just like watching him and studying him, and then yeah. you got like a pile of bodies like <laughs> just at his feet. Something that Lance Archer used to say in uh, Japan when he would be making the entrance is like, "Oh, everyone dies, right?" We've seen that he's bringing that American Psycho character here, yeah. also. So I'm really, really happy with this vignette. There were so many things that I did like about that vignette. One, everything that you just mentioned, the cinematic. Uh, Way about it is just awesome. Two, how they also built Lance Archer. And I think that was sort of important for them because I don't think they they always know how the crowd is going to receive their new debuts um, if they're not from the WWE brand. Yeah. Because we saw that with, um, what's his name? Dr. Uh, Luther. Dr. Luther. That was a fail, right? Where yeah. they assumed that people would know and the crowd was silent. Then they tried to... They tried to patch that up with Jeff Cobb, where they mentioned him prior, so they could have some sort of build-up. Exactly. Not to cut you off, but even going back to the very first show, Double or Nothing, right? Before TV. They turn off the lights, the lights go back on, and it's the Dark Order in Yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing they expected a pop. Uh, That crowd was like, huh? Who's this? Yeah. Right? Like, the crowd was like, oh my god, who's going? And then it's like... Uh-huh. Very, very few people knew. Yeah, like, was I was like, oh, it's the Super Smash Brothers, right? Yeah, this yeah, before yeah, they yeah. even were the Dark Order. So, yeah, so now, instead of that awkward moment, instead of saying, oh, we're going to think that this is going to be a surprise, lights off, lights on, debut, let's just say, hey, this guy's coming. Here's a little backstory, or here's a little vignette so you can see what this guy could do. So when he comes, it's exciting. Exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to trying to portray here, is that, they built him up, and so you already have an idea, like, oh, man, this guy's a monster. So even if you don't know where he's been before, or who he is, and his track record, just from that small one-minute vignette, you already have an idea. So I thought that was, that was a really good job on their part. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Yeah, it was definitely cool. And it was so different. Like, that's the one thing. Like, they have, like, the cinematic style of Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground. And yeah. that's something that we mentioned before. But they go about it in such a different way. And even though they do this for other people, it never looks the same. Yeah. And that's something that I really love about this is because, like, it's not like, oh, we've seen this before. This kind of looks like this guy. It kind of looks like that guy's vignette. They never look the same. Like, this didn't look like Wardlow beating up people in the parking lot. Like, <laughs> if you guys remember I that. I forgot like, about that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's really something that I loved. Now, the main event of this show, we had the Elite. It was Hager, Santana, and Ortiz versus Cody, Matt Jackson, and Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. The winner of this match got... Handwash Page. Handwash Page. Yes. <laughs> who been practicing social distancing for, since, since November. November. Yeah. <laughs> he was way ahead of the curve, guys. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's a real psychic. <laughs> he, he saw all this coming. But, yeah, so now... The contingency for this match was the winner is going to get the man advantage at Blood and Guts. And it was already announced that Elite is already at a disadvantage because Nick Jackson officially is not cleared for for next week. Yes. So, I love that this wasn't just a random match just to continue building the storyline. I love that this match actually had stakes involved. Mm Mm-hmm. And we got a hell of a main event. Oh, yeah. Every time Santana and Ortiz been in the ring lately, I've just been extremely entertained. Mm Mm-hmm. You're always going to get a good match out of Cody. Always going to have a great match out of Hangman. And Matt Jackson, he's one of the young bucks. Like, yeah, exactly. So, I love that this main event to the show. And it's, I could sing his praises all day, but like, it's just, come on. If you think about the people that are in this match, it's hard to like expect them not to have a good match. Well, this is this is one of the, one of the points that I was thinking of when I said that it really showed me who AEW was. That they gave such a high-level quality match. It's not It's not like anybody took the day off. Nobody half-assed it. That was a really good match. Very clean. Nobody botched. Nobody fucked mm-hmm. anything up. I mean, it was very exciting. And Cody himself gave a lot of his body. He was, he was taking a beating in there. Yeah. And also, I want to point out that one-minute suplex where they're carrying him. Now, not only does that work the guy that's carrying him, yeah. But it works the guy that's being held up even more because he's got to hold his core strength to keep his body aligned. Now, if you saw it when he was passed over to Ortiz, he started to weaken a little yeah, bit. He started slumping he, over. He slumped over for a, sp- a split second, and then he regained and aligned himself. And I know that's not easy at all. Besides yeah. him literally being upside down and all the blood rushing because that's real. <laughs> but that core strength of holding your body up. And like I said, it just really showed that it didn't matter if there was, you know... 80 million people in the crowd, or it was just them, they still wanted to put on a good show for the people. And this was a prime example of that. Yeah, definitely. Like, not to... Because I don't know the situation with WWE, so I'm not going to keep on, like, harping on them. No, and don't get but, me wrong. I, I'm not, it's not like I'm, I'm trying to bash WWE. Yeah. It's more of me trying to just praise AEW. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I respect that they still are putting on shows. They're not just saying, oh, we're canceling this week. I respect that there is still some matches in the Performance Center. But, like, we see... Even this past Monday on Raw, like, 
they are filling up all this time. And then they have like Andrade versus Rey Mysterio and it goes like five minutes. Yeah. And you only have one match on the show. Like that match had all the time in the world if you ask me, but they only gave it like five minutes. And those are two guys you know could go and have great chemistry with each other. Where here they had just like balls to the wall wrestling that you're expecting from AEW. So it was like they don't miss a beat no matter what. And this made me really excited because I was probably like most people really anticipated this dynamite in particular because of the exalted one because of Lance Archer pairing with with uh Jake the Snake mm-hmm. and that's so so fresh and new so i was i was a little skeptical going into this episode i wasn't sure if we were going to still get the episode that was planned mm-hmm. or we were going to get maybe a B version which i would totally understand by the way i totally yeah. understand it because a lot of those guys were there and 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 women were there it was on their own cognizant. It was optional. They weren't forced to do anything. Yeah. So you don't know who's going to show, who's not going to show. So first off, kudos to everybody, everybody that came out and put on a show that night. Definitely. It's not like we will be here like, oh, they promised this. Yeah. It's like, we understand the situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this is above and beyond any of their hands. Yeah. It's like, this is a problem that's going around all over the world. Yeah. And everyone's feeling the effects, including AEW, but... They show that the effects may hit them hard, but they're not going to show it to us. Yeah. It's not our fault that they're getting hit hard by this, so they're not going to portray that to us. Like, guys, we're really struggling here. We were expecting a better show. We were expecting a crowd. We were expecting to have the roster here. No, they they just showed, like I said millions of times here, business as usual. Like, they're expecting a certain type of product. When you tune into AEW, you're expecting a certain type of product. We're going to deliver that, whether... Whatever the circumstances are. Yeah. But back to this match, I do want to point out that I thought it was interesting. This is the first inner circle match I could think of in a long while that didn't involve Chris Jericho. Yeah. Or, or, or Sammy Guevara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Usually he's the orchestrator in, in these matches. Mm-hmm. And he's involved. And he was on commentary. I think he's still, he's still vying that commentary job once the career's over. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I thought that was I thought it was pretty different to have uh, Santana Ortiz with Jake Hager, and they matched up very well. Yeah, very definitely. very well. They definitely did, and I like that it shows that Jericho is not needed for them to look like stars because yeah. all these guys look like stars. Oh, uh, something that I thought was amazing was Sammy Guevara's, like I guess work outside of the ring. Yeah, like from the start of him singing Judas, like the crowd would usually sing. Yeah, like yeah. I thought that was highly entertaining. The guy's a superstar. He's Comedy gold. I've been seeing this out there. The I'm going to say Sammy Guevara is a national treasure. Like <laughs> he's a Spanish god. No, but, I, I yeah. seriously, I can't speak more about him. I mean, because he really is a true entertainer. Definitely, even from the signs. Yeah, you know, he's creative, and he he does a phenomenal job. He does a phenomenal sell job. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, he gets kicked in the fucking face a lot. And he, like, a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. You know. Yeah. So I, I mean. I think he's 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 a little underrated in my opinion because a lot of spotlight goes to Darby and mm-hmm. goes to Orange Cassidy and you know some of the other guys. Yeah. But I've been singing this kid's praise from the very beginning, mm-hmm. from the very t- first time I saw him, I saw something special, and I think that evolution is uh, with him is growing. Yeah, I definitely do too, and I think that sky's the limit for him. Uh, just to go back, I just want to mention like I agree, Jericho on commentary is amazing. Like he. He's so witty. Like, everything is so seamless for him. Like, he just says things, like, right off the rip, and it just always connects, right? 
Um, he he said instead of something like, I, I believe there was a part of the match where when he was referring to Santana Ortiz not being scared of the elite, he said scarred because like <laughs> he said like they look like they just came off the streets. Like yeah, he's just yeah. comedy gold. But yeah, so the result of this match was the inner circle actually winning, and it was a roll up pin. Yeah, which was a surprise to me because you know. Like, you, we don't see many, like, stolen victories in AEW. Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. It, it, it kind of came out of the blue. I just didn't... I didn't think it was going to stay down for the three count. And Me either. Did. So and when he, like, when Rick Knox actually hit the three count, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, but it was such a good match that I didn't need a dramatic finish or whatnot. Yeah. So I like that. I appreciate those. Honestly, I, I really do. I agree. And I, I think that... Usually, when you have like a heel team versus a babyface team in a match like this, a war games match, a back in TNA it would be a lethal lockdown match. Yeah, you'd always want the heel team to have the number advantage. It just wouldn't make sense for the babyfaces to outnumber the heels because then you don't have the but, story there. But this is a little interesting because it's almost like a double negative in a way because not only were they supposedly without a partner. Now this is prior. Yeah, they were without. I mean, not a partner, but without a fifth member. But now they also have the disadvantage with the, I don't know, with the entrances, I suppose you would say. And that that's just like basic W. I mean, basic wrestling psychology. You always want the babyface to be fighting from the bottom, the underdogs to like overcome the big evil like inner circle, right? The big evil heels, i.e., Cody's whole career. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Besides Stardust, yeah, but. Yeah, so I expected the inner circle to win. I just was surprised by the roll-up victory because I thought that that was better that it came as a surprise instead of, oh, we see the finishing move and it's like, all right, here we go, one, two, yeah, three. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Now, after the match, the inner circle has this big celebration. They're cutting a promo on the ramp. This is where it gets a little interesting for me. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Daniel. But when Jericho gets on the mic, it sort of seemed like he was just rambling. And I realized that there was still a few minutes left on the clock. So I'm thinking, I'm like, oh shit, did this match actually finish earlier than expected? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, all right, maybe somebody was in Jericho's ear because he was obviously on commentary and they kind of told him like, hey, take the keep mic going, yeah. and keep it going, you know? And, you know, just talk some more shit. <laughs> so maybe I'm that thinking, wasn't supposed to be a three count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. Somebody maybe mistimed it. Yeah. Hey, I understand. There's a lot of things going on. Probably, you know, very few people, you know, probably understaffed. I mean, obviously, Brandy was doing the, uh, the yeah, the, the announcing. She went back to Eden tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was turning back the clock there. So I figured that they were understaffed, and so maybe, hey, like he's just trying to kill time, and they're just going to end it with some BS. And that's the way it seemed like until we start hearing that buzzing noise. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? I, I really did not catch on. I didn't catch on. I was a little scared because AEW has had audio issues before. Yes. Now, yes. Like, tonight would have been the night for it to happen again. And I would have like, okay. understood, right? Fine. So I'm like, it's just like, during a promo, damn, I thought maybe it was like a little feedback from the mic. I thought maybe someone else had a mic and he was getting some feedback from it. But yeah, we heard buzzing noises and it was a little like, what is that? Until we saw in the camera picture. Finally, yeah. Vanguard 1. And it was just like, holy shit. Yeah, which I popped for. I was like, oh my god, it's Vanguard yeah. 1. <laughs> Where Not even from Howardy. He just popped for Vanguard yeah, 1, yeah, guys. Yeah. Like, I was like, is Senior Benjamin here? <laughs> no, but like, like you really had to like really look because like, yeah, you couldn't I know, really see I know. it. Like, That's you... why I'm saying for a while, I, yeah. I did not get it. I didn't get it for a, a while. And I'm just like, what the fuck is that? 
I'm expecting somebody to come out. I'm thinking, is this a new debut? Which it was, but I wasn't expecting yeah. Matt Hardy, though. There was two debuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Vanguard won. And, and then Matt, <laughs> Matt Hardy. Hardy. So, yeah. hey, we got a twofer. Yeah, and I think that this is brilliant because if you noticed all night, they didn't say next week on Dynamite. They were saying the next Dynamite. Yeah, next Dynamite. Because they literally because, don't know. Yeah, we don't know what's happening. We From don't know what happens next. next. So yeah. there is a we possibility that next week there won't be any Dynamites. So they were building up that the next Dynamite, we are going to have blood and guts. Yeah. And something that I think that would have happened if there was no, like, these circumstances weren't happening was that would have been a surprise for blood and guts. It would have been Matt Hardy's debut when the fifth guy was supposed to come out for the match. Right. So you think you get, so? yeah, because usually that's how it would happen. You get the big pop, like, all right, we don't know who the next guy is. And then all of a sudden it's the big pop. Yeah. But you're saying usual, but you're basing that off of the, ba- well, based basically because that's all we really have to like go off of right now where here they debut him here. So no matter when the next dynamite is, you know we're going to see Matt Hardy. So your anticipation level, your excitement is going to last no matter how long it is, how many weeks it's going to be until we see that next dynamite. So I thought that it was very smart to debut him here. And also, on top of that, I thought it was extremely smart to debut him here to also continue to show that, hey, no matter what, we're going to give you a great show. We're giving you debuts, we're giving you pyro, we're giving you great wrestling, we're giving you great promos. That's why I I, I said from the jump that I literally thought this was a better show than last week's. I I really mean that and I stand by that. I think that's very interesting that they gave two really big debuts. Now, I don't know if you're correct, if maybe this was supposed to be for Blood and Guts, but still nonetheless, they gave it on a show where there was no crowd. Yeah. And I mean, to an extent, I sort of feel bad because... The pops would have been crazy oh, tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah, without a doubt. God. Without a doubt. Like, especially it was going to be in New York. Like, it was going to be in Rochester. Rochester, like, yeah. That's always... And that, that, that was the whole big deal shot, for, like for Brody crowd. Lee being from the Rochester area. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I really feel bad for, for those guys that made their debut tonight. I mean, under the circumstances, I, it's like, I'm happy to see it, but it yeah. does suck that they couldn't get the reception that they probably deserve. Yeah. The same thing I was saying about WrestleMania, whatever happens, you know, for guys like uh, Drew McIntyre, where this is his first, like, really big yeah. moment. And, you know, Ray I would... Ray Ripley, let, same thing. Yeah, like, yeah, she's another one. You know, there's certain there's certain wrestlers where they haven't had that main stage yet. And this is a really big deal, and yeah. the crowd is about ninety nine percent of it. I think the biggest one is going to be Edge. Like he comes back after nine years, his first big match, and is but at least no one there. I, I, but like, at least he's, he had that moment. He has yeah. a Hall of Fame career, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, it's it when it's your first time, you you can't take back, you know, your, your first time. You know yeah. that that first initial. Oh, I, I can't even put my words on it. There's but, no. Second chances at a first impression. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you only get that one time, exactly that one time. And so I, I wanted to see people actually get that, get their moments. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. Unfortunately, tonight, Brody Lee kind of debuted in front of an empty stadium or empty arena. Yeah. And same thing with, with Matt Hardy. We were, we were popping at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. sure the whole wrestling world is buzzing right now. Yeah. But I'm really curious. I want I want to know who they're going to be buzzing more about. I think it went to be Matt Hardy. You think now, so? as big as the Brody Lee thing was, we were told we were going to get the debut of the Exalted One. Yeah, true. So I think that the Matt Hardy debut was a big surprise because 
I didn't think we were going to get a second debut. I knew yeah, we were going to get the true. Exalted one. Yeah. But, so... But still, nonetheless, I mean, yeah. it's not like everybody thought it was going to be Brody Lee, though. Oh, that's true, I mean, too. people thought... But I'm just thinking, guessed, like, but... whoever the surprise would have been is, I think, the one that's going to get the most buzz. Yeah. Now, thinking back on that, that's a little interesting, because I know a lot of people thought Matt Hardy was going to be the Exalted one, and it's funny that they both debut on the same episode. But I think it's interesting, because... The AWIG page was putting up all these hints that it was leading to Matt Hardy. Yep, swerve. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm sort of curious, like, what was that really about? Just to play with the fans. I guess. Like, is it really that you were just trying to throw everybody off? <laughs> or are you just jerks? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was funny. And, that, and that's why, like, I, I couldn't believe it yeah. at first. I, I I thought for many reasons that it wasn't going to be Matt Hardy. It's too obvious. Yeah, it was yeah. too obvious, one. Uh, and then two is that... He's a face. I mean, people mm. are going to love him, and I'm sure that's not what they wanted with, for the Dark Order. Yeah. But I think it's going to be amazing if or when he fu- he uh, feuds with the Dark Order. I could see a Dark Order versus Matt Hardy on the Broken Hardy compound. and uh, Maybe he forms like a, a broken universe. Maybe, maybe he throws Evil Uno into the Lake of Rejuvenation, and we get, what's it called? Player Uno and Player Dose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe he throws uh, Brody Lee in there and Luke Harper comes coming out <laughs> with his I mean, wife beater on. <laughs> whatever the cards hold, it's going to be amazing. And and I love the fact that we we mentioned earlier how we do get the cinematic vignettes. Mm-hmm. So there's no doubt in my mind that we'll probably get those cinematic matches out of Matt Hardy. Without a doubt. And I think that... It's going to be great to see Matt Hardy with the freedom now, the creative freedom that yeah. he's going to get in AEW. Because one thing he's been very vocal about lately is he pitched so many ideas to McMahon that got turned down. And ideas that were really going to help other people too. He had the idea of the broken hour or something like that where an hour of Raw was going to be at the Hardy compound or something. Mm. But it's going to be only for like the undercard guys who are not getting like a shot like... Shorty G would be in the Broken Universe and Apollo Crews would be in the Broken Universe just to like build these guys up. He was trying to come up with ideas to help other people and he was yeah. constantly getting shut, uh, shot down by Vince. So I want to see what a broken Matt Hardy with free range looks like. And that's another thing that I'm excited for because here you have a guy who has a brilliant mind for the business. He's very similar to a Chris Jericho. Uh, probably to a little lesser extent but He's managed to reinvent himself constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny how towards the tail end of his career, he started to get better in some weird way. Yeah, more popular. Like. Exactly. Exactly. So for everything you just mentioned, with that creative mind and that wantingness to help the younger guys and the mid-card guys... Bringing that mindset to AEW with their level of talent, mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait. I'm super excited. This is a perfect matchup. Perfect. Yeah, if you remember when the whole Broken Universe debuted in TNA, and it was like during Dark Days for TNA, it was the best thing on the show. Oh, without a when doubt. When he had creative reigns without over the whole Broken Universe, it was the best thing on the show. Oh. And that was for, and that was like one of my favorite time periods. Now... If you take that same creative brilliance, creative freedom by Broken Matt Hardy and you add it to an elite, no pun intended, roster and show on a bigger platform like AEW, the possibilities are endless. I really think that this could be something where Matt Hardy experiences yet another career renaissance. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. 
I don't doubt. I'm just glad he showed up as a broken Matt. And yeah, not yeah. A Matt yeah. <laughs> version one or <laughs> yeah. If we didn't see Vanguard oh, one, man. but instead we saw a Matt fact on the screen, <laughs> I think it would have been a little awkward. <laughs> oh fuck! You got me. <laughs> it, it was said Matt Hardy's free on Wednesdays. So like... <laughs> oh man, but you know what? Like this was this overall was like a, a really good show. Yeah, and definitely. It. it really shocked me because i didn't think we were gonna get as many surprises or even the good matches that we got you know i don't know i guess it's kind of pointless for me to give my final thoughts because i've been giving my final thoughts this whole this whole thing but again i just want to reinforce that you know kudos to everybody that that was out there tonight uh i also want to give a shout out to mjf i mean what he was doing his crowd work this guy is just fucking phenomenal he is so phenomenal. He's phenomenal, like we were saying with Sammy G, yeah. about being an entertainer, and that's what he is. And it doesn't matter where he is or who he's with or who's he not with, he still finds a way to entertain. He was one of the only guys that was actually out there all night, where the they, they kind of like cycled guys out. And I mean loud, you know? He, yeah. and, and, that, and we mentioned about how that played a part into the entire night, yeah. that when we're watching Raw or SmackDown and they're in you know the empty performance center... It does feel a little weird. Yeah. At least tonight, we had some of the other wrestlers, and they got to chime in, and they even got to kind of do their things or, or have a moment with uh, Skiavone and, and talk yeah. like, um, like what's his name? Uh, Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was, which was great, but nonetheless, it, it, I wanted to point out that MJF was like the loudest. He was constantly saying things. He was, yeah. he was making me laugh the little jabs that he was taking comedy gold exactly exactly and on top of that i don't want to also forget that the uh the women's four-way match was very good outside mm-hmm. of that botch by penelope ford which could end up being very dangerous yeah it was still it was a good match it was a quality match uh again it opened up my eyes to rio um the last time we saw her was with that nyla rose uh, match on dynamite mm-hmm. and she looked her best when she lost the title unfortunately and tonight she looked really well, but again, it kind of, I think it kind of um, cemented our statement on the last podcast about Hikaru Shida. Again, she looked like a star. She was very fluid, did very well. She she got the victory tonight, which was kind of weird because it's just like last week she had to take the pin, and then this week she's getting this victory over three other women. So it's just like, where does she go? I mean, she's the number one contender. Mm-hmm. When are we going to pull the trigger on this? That's because they're listening that's because they listened to it's our obvious. last podcast. Very obvious. Now, like you said, like having final thoughts for the show, like we've been saying it throughout the show. I just want to reiterate that I thought that the clear difference between like having a show with no people and having this show was the fact that they did have the wrestlers and the wrestlers in the crowd making a lot of noise. Yeah. So it wasn't just like awkward silence. We really got that weird, eerie feeling from like Raw SmackDown, where it's like they're having matches, but it's just like silent. You're not used to that. Like yeah. you're used to hearing something. And I thought that it was very smart for AEW to have like some type of noise, like piped in by the wrestlers during these matches. Not only does it give it a feel um, through the television to us viewers, but it also kind of covers the guys in the ring Yeah, when you're calling spots. It's yeah. not so obvious. So it was just brilliant. It was just really smart on their part. It gave that extra feel, which, I, like you said before, with 
WWE, it's a little eerie. Yeah. And that might have taken away from tonight's uh, episode. But even something so small like that had such a big impact to me. And people yeah. really do matter. And that's the thing. I think in understanding what's going on in the world, now that we're all kind of segregating and we're we're doing this... Uh, so, uh, social distancing. Social distancing. I, yeah. think, I think the lesson here is how important every person is. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes a difference. No matter who you are, what you are, where you are, you make a difference in this world. Definitely. And I think tonight just showed that. Yeah. I we can't like say enough how tonight's show was just like just like so positive and just so I guess uplifting. Up, yeah, I was trying to come up with the word uplifting and encouraging for people to just like keep going on and Kudos to AEW. And I'm excited. You know what? I'm excited. I don't know when the next Dynamite is going to be, but whenever it is. I mean, yeah. first off, we got Blood and Guts, and we got we got the Exalted One and Brody Lee, and now we got Matt Hardy. They left us with a lot to be excited for and a lot to exactly. look forward to. So exactly. I'm extremely excited now. Like we said, it's something new every day. We don't know when the next show will be, but like have no fear there's always going to be a next show for us like no matter what happens next wednesday we will have a podcast we'll have something to talk about the, yep the wrestling world constantly is moving whether there's a show or not exactly so even if it's just us two rambling yeah <laughs> if you want to hear that there'll be a show <laughs> definitely so make sure you guys tune in have a great week stay safe stay strong stay positive stay blessed you guys are stronger than this definitely From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.